Good welcome. Hello. Welcome to Hungry Ghosts. Uh, and this week we're going to talk about the world of competitive eating. Mm, delicious. Well, could be. Could be disgusting, uh, dangerous, grotesque. Hideous. It really uh, runs the gamut of, of the human condition. Human it really does. Um, and, yeah, we kind of touched a little bit on having had some experience of eating challenges. Yes. In the realms of chilli and caraway, mainly you, right? <laughs> but um, we, yeah, I think always been fascinated by people who will willingly eat, you know, 50 hot dogs. <laughs> Vast quantities of food. <laughs> <laughs> All um, in the name of sport in their eyes. Yeah. Um, and, well, in, like I was looking into the, the history of um, eating contests. Mm. Not as, I was surprised to find... The documented history is not as long as I thought it would be, to say. Because yeah. I was, I'm convinced the ancient Romans and the ancient Greeks would have loved a an eating contest, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just love to be gluttons, full stop. Exactly. That's particularly, obviously, that the higher social classes love to just gorge themselves. Yeah. But maybe it was more of a social thing than a com- competitive thing. Yeah, just... maybe. And I suppose even the. In the last days of Rome, mm. they would have found it probably in the in that day just like probably a bit stupid to bit waste crass. that much food. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but yeah, um, <clears throat> the earliest, uh, the earliest, or one of the earliest recorded examples um, of well, people who were renowned for being eaters, and then yes. I think subsequently were kind of pushed into competition. <laughs> Um, a guy called Nicholas Wood, who was known as the Great Eater of Kent. Mm. And uh, there was a, a pamphlet that was released. A guy called John Taylor in 1630 wrote a pamphlet called The Great Eater of Kent, or Part of the Admirable Teeth and Stomach's Exploits of Nicholas Wood. <laughs> stomach's exploit is a, yeah. a, a better phrase than competitive eating, I think. Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. yeah. Um and this pamphlet reports Wood as having e- having eaten a whole sheep raw in one city, <laughs> God. including wool, horns, and bones. No, seven dozen rabbits in one meal, <laughs> seven dozen, <laughs> and four hundred pigeons in another meal. <laughs> uh, he, as you can imagine, was a local celebrity in Kent. Performed at fairs and festivals, and he then started being presented with eating challenges from wealthy patrons. Right. Yeah. Let's get this local like freak down and make him perform. Yeah. yeah, eat some pigeons. Yeah. Um, he lost a wager on two occasions. Once he was unable to finish some ale-soaked bread, which seems like small fry compared yeah. to 400 pigeons. Uh, and another time he was at the home of a Sir William Sedley, who was a landowner. Right. Uh, he overate and fell into an eight-hour food coma. <laughs> After he awakened, Sedley's servants put wood in the stocks to shame him for his failure. <laughs> Again, probably something that's sadly missing from today's modern sport. Yeah, absolutely. That would really raise the stakes a little bit, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, I was reading about the, the slightly more modern history of uh, competitive eating when it really sort of uh, came into certainly kind of more recorded history and things we definitely know happened um, and the first recorded pie eating competition was in mm. Toronto in 1878, um, and uh, it was a charity fundraising event. So that was that's quite nice. Yeah, um, and it was won by uh, a certain Albert uh, Piddington. Um, it's not known how many pies he consumed, but we do know that the prize was a handsomely bound book. So I'm sure he was very glad uh, very about that. that. <laughs> um, and then following that, a lot of uh, Eating contests kind of spread across the the northern, uh, well, North America, uh, generally involving pie and generally involving kind of county fairs. Mm. Um, and some of the earliest kind of recorded uh, feats in terms of number of pies were, were Joe McCarthy, who ate 31 pies uh, in, a, in a competition in 1897. And then uh, a man named Frank Dotzler uh, consumed... 275 oysters uh, and 8 pounds of steak 12 rolls and 3 large pies 
all washed down with 11 cups of coffee. Wow. An event organised rather fittingly by the Manhattan Fat Men's Club yes. in 1909. Yes. I was reading about Fat Men's Clubs, um, which were a fascinating phenomenon. They literally were... I mean, they were mainly, as you may well imagine, an American <laughs> phenomenon. But um, they, they did exist in other places as well. But they basically... They literally were social clubs for larger men. Wow. And the um, the... The thing that I found really interesting about it was the cut-off point to enter the Fat Men's Club mm. was £200, Ooh. which is 91 kilos. So bearing seem- in mind, we're only in 1909. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, you, you wouldn't think necessarily that 91 kilos is fat. It's not that fat. Um, but yeah. it, it's, it's interesting because they, back then, um, being... Bigger, even obesity was associated with um, strength, virility, mm. uh, also like positive personality, yeah. like jolliness, jolliness, so that obviously stereotype wealth, is typically as wealth. well, uh, absolutely, yeah. Um, and so they would like get together, eat a lot, drip, have eating contests, drink a lot, uh, but they'd also do have like strongman competitions and stuff mm. like that. <laughs> um, and it was all kind of quite a wholesome affair. But uh, not that long after that, in the 20th century, was when like medical opinion started to... They wanted to get the message out about, you know, how uh, uh, the negative effects of, of obesity and stuff. So, yeah. um, sadly, the fat men's clubs <laughs> are no longer... Are no thing, longer with us. But, um, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, reading this NPR article about it, it says... One of the most famous ones was in Wells River, Vermont. And uh, their mantra was, we're fat and we're making the most of it. (laughs) I love it. And their motto was, I've got to be good-natured. I can't fight and I can't run. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they only had to be £200. And they had to pay a $1 fee, learn a secret handshake and password. So it says that um, at one of their dinners, it was a nine-course menu... They included oyster cocktail, cream of chicken soup, boiled snapper, fillet of beef with mushrooms, roast chicken, roast suckling pig, shrimp salad, steamed fruit pudding with brandy sauce, assorted cakes, cheese and ice cream, followed by coffee and cigars. <laughs> There's also, uh, around that sort of time, um, I, was re- I mean, we touched in previous episodes on the um, phenomenon of American baseball players yes. being insane characters <laughs> and having insane names, like Wade Boggs. <laughs> Babe, Babe Ruth. Um but uh, one renowned uh, eater of the early 20th century was New York Yankees outfielder Ping Bodie, <laughs> uh, who who was renowned for his uh, ability to consume huge amounts of food. Um, to the extent that, as part of a uh, publicity stunt organised by the person who owned the Yankees, um, Ping Bodie was faced off in an eating competition against an ostrich in a zoo. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so, in 1919, um, Yankees co-owner Cap Huston heard word of Percy the Ostrich, a resident of Jacksonville Zoo, dubbed the world's greatest eater. <laughs> and he saw a marketing opportunity for Bodie to take on the eight-foot-tall bird in a food wow. battle royale. Um, and Bodie... Which seems, this seems slightly unfair. He got to choose the food that they were Well, yeah, I mean, consuming. that is a bit harsh on the, the ostrich. And he chose spaghetti, which apparently was his favourite dish. I don't know if it was just plain spaghetti. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm envisaging, like, spag bowl. I'm envisaging spag bowl as well, but I'm not, again, it seems a bit harsh on an ostrich who's probably not that, not that familiar with and also, like, Italian cuisine. Beak, quite hard to get. Yeah, exactly. It's difficult enough with a, knife, with a, uh, a fork. Tell me about it, yeah. man. Um, it was set up like boxing match style, so they had it was in rounds. They had a bell and a ring, <laughs> um, and yeah, it was in a ring, and the player passed it for each round. And it was a commentator, like color commentator, sort of thing. Was it a speed eating competition? Or was it a volume? It was like a sudden death type thing. It was okay. just they each go. It wasn't speed, yeah. I don't think. It was right. round one. We each eat a plate of pasta. Yeah, goes on. Blah, blah. So this says that the first few rounds were close. Bodhi apparently tossed his fork into the crowd during the opener and resorted to using his hands. 
The ostrich started to struggle at the end of round two, but came back full force in round three, even eating his handler's pocket watch. <laughs> <laughs> and then things took a turn in Bodie's favour. The outfielder continued to devour his plates, but the ostrich slowed precipitously. In a potential food coma, Percy staggered out of his corner before rounds nine and ten. Somehow a man was beating a wild animal in an eating contest. He was on plate <laughs> ten of spaghetti and still smiling. <laughs> Bodie finished plate 11 before Percy could get started. The ostrich fell to his knees and passed out headfirst into the spaghetti. <laughs> the referee declared Bodie the undisputed eating champion of the world. So, again, it's, it's something that's missing from the modern sport. I mean, I'm not that familiar with baseball, but I can't imagine <laughs> it still goes on, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. But then, it's in the last few decades where competitive eating has really yes come into its own as mm. a sport in its own right absolutely um so yeah largely well not entirely i don't think but certainly a big part of that was the nathan's hot dog yes very much so um the nathan's hot dog is a very interesting one because it, it claims to be from this era that we're talking about kind of the early uh, 20th century the 1900s it claims a history of starting in 1916 right. Um, but as with many, we've kind of talked about Americans promoting, uh, things on this podcast before, mm-hmm. um, the, the promoter who invented the competition in the seventies basically made that all up and yeah. claimed a history of, it's uh, interesting <laughs> that you like, we, we went to the Brooklyn brewery, didn't we? Yeah. And, and it was like, it says whatever established 18, whatever yeah. on the label. And they were like, yeah, that's just made up. Yeah. It's just a branding <laughs> thing. It's just absolute nonsense. But they can get away with it. But what, what, uh, so this guy, yeah, he started it in the seventies. He was marketing it as having started in 1916. Um, and only, uh, been held every year since then, except for 1941 as a protest of the war in Europe. Right. Um, all of which is complete nonsense. But you just, no one seems to have thought, uh, oh yeah, I don't rem- that didn't happen last yeah, year, yeah. so that could be a lie. They're just like, oh yeah, that has been going on since 1916. Um, but anyway, as part of the the uh, the mythology of this competition, the Nathan's Hot Dog uh, Eating comp- Competition, which, by the way, takes place on July the 4th yeah. each year, Independence Day. Yeah. Um, a noble tradition. Um, but the first man who won it was a man, but oh, didn't really because it was all made up. But it was meant to have won it as a man by the name of Jim Mullen, um, and it was uh, the. It's described as um, it was only immigrants who were allowed to actually enter the competition, and it was and it took place on Independence Day. And the whole point of the competition was that whoever ate the most sausages and hot dogs was deemed to be the most patriotic and yeah. love America the most, okay. which um, is insane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, this this Jim Jim Mullen won. He was, in fact, an Irishman. Um, and, yeah, through eating only 13 hot dogs in 10 minutes, which yeah, I think sounds quite doable, yeah. um, he won the, uh, the, the kind of fictional inaugural... Um, Nathan's wow. hot dog eating competition. Yeah, that does um, sound doable. Yeah. But as, time. as we'll come on to, that feat has been bested oh. many times so, since. Yeah. But should we have a drink first? Yeah, we should we should say what well, we're so um for reasons that will become clear probably uh well ho- hopefully a bit, a bit later in well for reasons I'll explain in a minute. <laughs> um we're drinking soju, the mm. Korean spirit, I suppose you'd call it. Yeah. Twenty percent Interestingly, so it's uh, Jinro is the company, Jinro Chamisul. Um, and apparently it's the world's number one selling spirits brand. Yeah, according to their own label. According to their own label, yeah. as we just were saying. Necessarily <laughs> I, don't, I don't think, uh, yeah. But, um, well, it, the, sorry, it could on. be true because, um, well, South Koreans drink more spirits per head than any any other nation really and it's primarily soju they drink more vodka than the russians do per per head per wow. capita they are big boozers they're big boozers and they drink a lot of soju and soju is generally it can vary in its percentage but it's a lot lower abv in general yeah. than, than vodka yeah 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 this is 20 percent. yeah um and it's very nice mm. the reason why cheers cheers the reason why i went for soju this week is that um we were thinking drinking contests 
I'll relay a story of a drinking contest in a minute. Well, in fact, I was looking into drinking contests throughout history. Um, and the story that I came across, this article in the Daily Beast, headlined the greatest drinking contest in history, which um, tells the story of um, a man called Randall Percy Otway Plunkett, <laughs> the 13th Baron Lauth. Wow. <laughs> um, so he was a landowner in Ireland. Um, this is 19th century. And in a drinking contest in 1867, he um, supposedly put back 36 whiskey cocktails. Jesus. Which whiskey cocktail, uh, in this instance, supposedly was um, an ounce and a half to two ounces of bourbon or rye, American measure, obviously, a teaspoon of thick sugar syrup and a couple of dashes of bitters, stirred up with ice and strained into a glass. Um yeah, but the story goes that um, he was at a meeting with somebody. It was all going fine until he went to the bar to get them a couple of drinks. Mm-hmm. And he ordered them uh, what he described as a lemonade, a <laughs> pair of lemonades uh, that made the way that he liked to drink them, which was served in, this is according to the, the hotel's bartender. Um, this was somewhere in London, I think. That it was mixed in the gla- largest glasses in the house, which held about a pint and a half consisted of one third lemonade and two thirds of rum <laughs> so they're drinking a pint of rum topped up with Top lemonade, lemonade. Um, and they, they got through two of these <laughs> so they had two pints of rum yeah so the guy who he was meeting with was an American who claimed he could drink any any other American under the table and um, so they decided to have a drinking contest right. this is what happened but uh so I would thought, well, if we... It's like with the absinthe thing, we have mm. to set some boundaries. So if we were drinking basically neat whiskey, <laughs> uh, it could have gone a bit wrong. So I was reminded of a time quite recently um, in Manchester with a Korean restaurant called Azuma, which is a great restaurant. Mm. I'd heartily recommend it. Um, but the guy who owns it is an absolute mental piss. Right? <laughs> um, and... When I went there, we ended up doing... Um, he wouldn't let us leave without several doing several rounds of this Korean drinking game, which um, I I lost about eight rounds of it in a row. And I think I, I've realised now the reason why, which is that I thought we were playing a different game. <laughs> Doesn't help. So the, the format of the game was you do one, two, three, and then you put your hand out or, an, or a certain number of fingers out or your... Full yeah. hand. So I assumed we were playing fives, yes. right? Which Classic we're all game. familiar with. Yeah. Where you say you have to guess the combined number that in two, increments of five. Three, in increments of five. Right? Yeah. Um actually I think in retrospect, <laughs> what we were probably were playing, uh, having read about it, was the Korean drinking game Babo, which means uh it means like idiot, right. or stupid person or or silly. Uh, which apparently, depending on your intention, the term can be either neutral or offensive. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the name of this uh, drinking game, which is basically, it starts with a person saying a number between one and five while showing a different number on their hand. So I will, I'd put out two fingers and I simultaneously would say three. Mm. And then it's your turn. But what you have to do is you have to say the number that I put with my uh. fingers. You, you have to... Yeah, while yourself doing a different number. Right. Well, not okay. necessarily a different number, but a thing. A th- yeah. And then I have to say the number that you... So it's one of the... You have yeah, to try and re- separate your words yeah. from what you're seeing. Your brain. Obviously, if you had a few drinks, um, it can be difficult. Yes. And so the first one to mess up... Drinks. Drinks. So should you want to have a little round Sounds of good. It? Let's do okay. it. Yeah. So let's... I, I guess you go... Three, two, one, two. Dan's showing a three there on his hand. <laughs> it's not very visual. <laughs> what? Uh, three, two, one, three. Three, two, one, five. Three, two, one, two. It's too easy. It's too easy. <laughs> Let's both do a shot. Let's just do it. Yeah. I think you need to be quite pissed. Yeah. So, uh, nowadays competitive eating is like a sport if you yeah. want to call it that in its own right there's it's like it's organized um there's a major league 
eating. Eat, yeah, the That's MLE, Major yeah. League Eaters. Yeah, Major yeah. League Eaters in, yeah. in America, obviously. Um, and there's a few names that always come up. Um, some of the greats of the sport. Some of the greats. Now, my personal favourite, um, from my preliminary research, um, is a woman called Sonia Thomas, mm. who is uh, also known by her nickname, the Black Widow, because of her ability to regularly defeat men four to five times her size. <laughs> She's she's um, she weighs like a hundred pounds, so you know not much. Not much, fifty odd kilos. Yeah, basically. Uh, she's a short woman, Korean American lady, um, and uh, yeah, she regularly just sees off massive blokes in eating competitions. <laughs> she's also known by I mean, there's great nicknames in the competitive eating world, of course. as we'll find out. Hers is my absolute favourite. <laughs> the Apart from the Black Widow, which is that she's known as the leader of the four horsemen of the esophagus. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so her, um, her her rise to fame came, like with lots of them, at Nathan's Hot Dog. Yeah, it's really much the, the Super Bowl of the competitive really eating is, world, yeah. really, Nathan's Hot Dog uh, yeah. eating competition. She ate... Um, 37 hot dogs in 12 minutes in 2005. And then in the same year, she consumed 35 bratwursts in 10 minutes. Wow. Um, I mean, the previous record for 10 minutes was 19 and a half bratwursts. Blew out the water. Um, so, I mean, she's got loads of records. She ate 5.75 pounds of deep fried asparagus in 10 minutes. <laughs> she ate 183 chicken wings in 12 minutes. 1.125 gallons of chilli in 6 minutes <laughs> 9 pounds of crawfish jambalaya in 10 minutes um, 29 dozen oysters in 8 minutes <laughs> 43 soft tacos in 11 minutes I reckon I could, I could do that <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah her uh, so her record with the Bratverse was mm. beaten it stood for a mere year oh. until it was beaten by another absolute legend of the game, Takeru Kobayashi. Yes. He's a Japanese guy who's known as the godfather of competitive eating. Mm, indeed. Um, but he's a controversial figure, yeah. as we uh, as we know. So uh, Takeru Kobayashi um, is a little bit older than some of the other competitors. He was born in 78, so... Um, he's now in his forties. It's really a young man's game. Quite often, you get you know people in their thirties. Yeah. So uh, that's why they call him the, the Godfather. <laughs> the Godfather, I assume. Um, but yeah, Kobayashi was very much. Uh, he kind of came along and in his first his rookie appearance uh, in the Nathan's uh, hot dog eating contest was in two thousand and one, um, in which he. Uh, blew past the previous record of 25 hot dogs and was the first person to eat 50 hot dogs in 12 minutes. So it absolutely changed the game overnight. I can't think of a an analogy to another sport where a young competitor has come in and completely wiped the floor, beaten the previous record by two mm. on his first appearance. Um, but it's incredible. Um, and he then went on to break his own record um three times um, and win the contest six times consecutively whilst doing so. So a pretty phenomenal um, achievement. Yeah. Some of his other achievements include um, he ate... Uh, I doesn't say the time here. Oh, yeah. Um, 150 rice balls uh, in 30 minutes. I think he still holds the world record for that. Um, 13 uh, grilled cheese sandwiches in one minute. Which is that That's serious? Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, buffalo wings. So we have three hundred and thirty-seven buffalo wings in thirty minutes at the twentieth annual Wing Bowl. <laughs> um, Forty-one lobster rolls in ten minutes. Wow. Got respect that. Uh, my favourite one, and maybe we'll come on to some of the more the the more weird 
side of uh, I mean it's all weird but the weird <laughs> the weirder things they're eating but he he's the world record holder for the most amount of cow brains eaten yeah. so he ate 57 cow brains in 15 minutes um, which is disgusting um, pizza 62 slices of pizza in 12 minutes um, and uh, chicken satay which is a strong one which is 12 pounds of chicken satay uh, doesn't say the time but that's a lot of satay that's yeah, a lot, times, lot of peanut butter uh, but as I said he's a, he's a controversial figure yeah. Kobayashi um, and he uh, Major League Eating which really is controls the North American competitive eating circuit wanted him to sign a exclusive contract that he'd only take part in their events um, but Kobayashi he's a maverick he wants to compete in Mm-hmm. every single event under the sun um so he he refused to sign that contract and, and, and was therefore banned from um competing in any mle event uh including the nathan's uh hot dog eating contest you can't do that to a man you, you can't, can't ban the, one of the greats from the super bowl you know that's uh who's, who's good at tom brady tom brady you can't ban <laughs> tom brady, <laughs> tom brady story, from the super bowl just because he wants to play soccer yeah, is is mental. But so he was he was banned in 2010 um, from attending the uh, competition. But he, he actually turned up as a crowd member, mingled with a crowd wearing a free Kobe uh, T-shirt, um, and the crowd started chanting his name loudly, demanding that they you know, let him eat, let him eat. Right. Um, he then stormed the stage, you know buoyed on by the crowd's adoration um, and was swiftly ushered off by the security who then arrested him. Um, he began resisting, thrashing around, uh, you know, resisting arrest um, before he was eventually thrown against some barricades, handcuffed and placed inside a police car. Um, so that really kind of cemented his kind of Legendary his legendary status but also got him kicked out of the MLE for life um, he was charged with resisting arrest trespassing obstructing government administration because presumably the major league eating uh, board is part of the government in America mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> was subsequently taken to jail um, and ever since then really his uh, has been out of you know out of competition so he he's sort of seen as one of the greats of the sport. He was, you know, however you interpret it, but kind of betrayed by the the the, the body that was meant to represent him yeah. by, the, by the you know the authorities of the sport. He's been doing his own things kind of underground since, um, but yeah, he's never really been able to challenge for the for greatness again because because he's not allowed to compete at that at the highest level of the sport. And um, quite interestingly, on the the website for Emily, they do mention him, but it's it's very much a cursory paragraph talking about um, a, you know uh, that he won it six years in a row, um, and then they very quickly within the the page for Kobayashi talk about what came next. Um, which is a young gentleman called Joey Chestnut. Yeah. <laughs> well, <clears throat> yeah. So Joey Chestnut is widely considered nowadays in the post Kobayashi era mm. um, to be considered the greatest competitive eater of all time. Yeah. The goat. The goat, if you will. Has he ever eaten a goat? Uh, Don't know. Get on to that. I'm not sure. Uh, again, he's not a massive guy. He's six foot and he weighs 104 kilos. So, you know, not like, not ginormous. No. Um, he holds, however, I mean, literally dozens of world records. Mm. Um, stretching back to 2007, you've got um, 182 chi- long form chicken wings, whatever that means, in. 30 minutes. That was at the wing bowl again. Um, 23 Philly cheesesteaks in 10 minutes. 53 Taco Bell tacos in 10 minutes. Uh, 102 tamales in 12 minutes. Wow. 
25 Katz's Delicatessen half pastrami sandwiches in 10 minutes. We took about 10 minutes to have one. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, they're enormous. Yeah. 55 glazed donuts in 8 minutes. Yeah. 257 hostess donuts, whatever that means, mm. in 6 minutes. 257 in 6 minutes. <laughs> I'm assuming they're small, mental. But 25 and a half ice cream sandwiches in 6 minutes. Um... 13 kilograms of poutine in 10 minutes. <laughs> it just goes on and on and on. My favourite, personal favourite, um, 32 Big Macs in 38 minutes. Yeah, and that's the world record for Big Macs. I watched the video of him doing it earlier today, and it was only, let me tell you, it's phenomenal. Only in 2020. <laughs> yeah. Well. yeah. Yeah, amazing. I mean, just an absolute legend of the game. If you've got nothing to do, get that shit. Pause, the, pause this episode, watch that on YouTube come back it's brilliant yeah he's he's sweating he's is so sweaty after the first 10 big macs you're thinking this man's never going to do it but and it's really really powerful at the end actually when he gets to the the final four big macs and he's he think he says to the camera this is what, what it must feel like running a marathon when you know you only have two miles to go i've only got four big macs to go I respect it. Wow. That's a powerful moment. It's <laughs> a powerful moment. Um, then also replay the podcast afterwards. Yeah, please do come back. <laughs> My personal Joey Chestnut uh, favourites, as a Euros fan, he uh, yes. he did 38-ounce Eurosses in 10 minutes, which is wow. phenomenal. Uh, as a Gyoza fan, um, he did 384 uh Gyoza in 10 minutes, which is like 30 a minute, basically. Or 30, yeah, 38 a minute is absolutely mental. And then my personal favourite, uh, again, because I watched the video of this earlier, and it was quite disgusting to watch. And for some mad reason, they did it in the pouring rain. Um, he, he ate 141 hard-boiled eggs in eight minutes. <laughs> in <Jeez. laughs> um, the time it would take you to cook a hard-boiled egg yeah 100 and how many 141 and some of the greats are there there's uh sonia thomas was competing right the black widow Widow. uh another guy whose name i forget was also competing one of the one of the greats but the yeah he absolutely destroyed them but it was raining so hard and they keep the eggs in these kind of kind of metal uh tinfoil pans like pie cases basically the eggs are stored in there it was raining so hard that the 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 pans were filling up with water, so they were eating like rainwater soaked eggs, and it was uh, quite disgusting to watch. Yeah, well, it often is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just briefly going back to Koyashi, mm. um, he so even prior to his, well, we wouldn't call it a fall from grace because it's, no, like, no, it's no, no, it's no, no, legendary no of his own. Yeah, but um, it wasn't always plain sailing for him. So back in. Um, 2003, on the Fox show Man vs. Beast, he lost in an eating competition no. against a 494-kilogram Kodiak bear. <laughs> That's brilliant. And when you consider... I mean, so he ate 31 bunless hot dogs in 2 minutes and 36 seconds, <laughs> and the bear ate 50. So he's... I mean, he's eaten more than half what a bear. What a bear could eat. He's about four, five times his weight. It's great to see that even in the 21st century, we're still pitting man versus beast. Yeah. But it's a shame that beast won this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, he, he actually, Kobe actually claimed that in the rehearsal he beat the bear. <laughs> <laughs> but sadly, that wasn't recorded for mm. posterity. He also, I mean, we, we'll get onto the health implications of um, competitive eating. Because, whew, yeah, there's some health implications. <laughs> but um, Kobayashi uh, suffered, has suffered from arthritis in his jaw as a result of all his competitive eating. Too much yeah, hyperextension exactly. of his exactly. jaw. Yeah. He can only, supposedly, he can only open his jaw the width of a finger now. Oh, no, that's terrible. That Which is, is not, not going to help. It's not good. In your chosen profession. And, yeah, they do, like... Because uh, we're reading interviews with, with these guys, and they say, mm. like... Because, obviously... I mean, a lot of it is, we were saying before, like a lot of it is, it's about speed rather than necessarily just volume. Yeah. Which I personally think detracts from it a little bit. Mm. I'd be happy to see them 
take their time yeah but eat more food well that's what he did in the Big Mac competition there wasn't a time yeah. it, it was he obviously said his time at the end but he, there was no time limit on that he just yeah. had to beat the previous world record which I think was 28 or 30 but also I'd want to see them you know I want to see them enjoy it yeah because they're saying like I was really interviews with them saying obviously they don't really taste the food mm. it's about just getting it down as quickly as possible they also do like all sorts of they have techniques whereby um, for example they'll like dip uh, hot dogs in a bun in some sort of liquid yeah so that it then becomes easier to swap less dry yeah 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 yeah. they often have a drink of choice so like Kobayashi's drink of choice apparently is water that's so hot you can barely (laughs) even touch it (laughs) because apparently cold water closes your throat Uh, so none of them drink cold water yeah but they'll literally they'll do they'll be like dipping hot dogs in hot water yeah and then then sliding them down yeah i was um watching the coverage of the nathan's hot dog eating competition and the which is live on espn every year yeah um (laughs) (laughs) and they they were talking about this and they were saying it's like running a marathon where as a marathon runner you know a, a competitive level you have a certain preparation in your your bottle of liquid that you collect at certain waypoints and he said it's the same like for a marathon runner if you accidentally pick up the wrong bottle pick up someone else's bottle it's got the wrong stuff in it for you that completely you know sends yeah, yeah, you yeah. rest and ru- ruins your race and it's the same thing competitive eating like their their pr- preparation of the the liquid they have next to them is like perfectly tuned to, the, to their needs and they do um, um i mean they do training yes call it in the well, i suppose i mean it is training yeah but like the they, they do stuff like they drink as much water as humanly possible mm. so they expands their stomach yeah and, stuff like that. and it's just like yeah they're putting themselves through it yeah um, well Kobe before um competing he would famously only drink water i believe milk and amino acid liquid amino acid and nothing wow. else by mouth for the for the three days or the five days before he's competing to ensure that he was 100 percent empty in his stomach that's interesting to me because i feel like from my own research mm. um on days where i eat more yeah. Early on, I'm able to eat more later on, if you see what I mean. Yeah, your stomach's kind of expanded and used to it. Your stomach gets more used to it. But I guess maybe he's drinking vast quantities of water, milk and amino acids, yeah. and it's expanding his stomach That's to true. still train Yeah, him. he will be, I suppose. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was funny, I was reading Sonia Thomas, one of the things that she does. The night before a contest, she fasts all night in order to put an edge on her appetite. Thinking like... Most people fast all night every night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, apparently, she only eats, so in normal life, she only eats one very large meal a day, and she takes several hours over it. Interestingly, oh. so she gets back from work, and then she'll eat. It includes green vegetables and fresh fruits. It says a typical post-work meal for her would be three large orders of fries, a chicken whopper, twenty chicken tenders, and two thirty-two ounce soft drinks. That is a lot yeah. of fast food every day. Yeah, that's a that's pretty. The thing horrible. that I find interesting about it, she's gone for three orders of fries, but only one burger. Yeah, Twenty chicken tenders, but yeah, I would have gone multiple yeah. burgers probably. Multiple burgers, yeah, um, one fries for me. And also, she says her favourite foods to eat at competition are hard boiled eggs, oysters, and chicken wings. Now, I kind of get hard boiled eggs because it's a neutral thing. Yeah. Well, some people would hate that actually, but chicken wings. Oh, for me, chicken wings is deli- yeah. It's Surely delicious. it's got to be boneless for health, for safety, health and safety reasons. Surely, yeah. Um, but also oysters. Like I love, I love oysters, but I would not want to eat. I wouldn't want to fast eat them. Hundreds of oysters. No. Also, your chances of getting food poisoning is so high if they're yeah. raw. I don't know. Yeah. No, they must have to grill them surely or something surely. because it's just horrendous to eat that many raw oysters. But she, pace. she's so good, Sonia Thomas, that she. So there was a another kind of. Um, American sports star who is like renowned for um, his gargantuan appetite mm. a football player called Randy Thomas <laughs> Randy Thomas <laughs> um, he was famous for being able to eat a lot and so Sonia Thomas was pitted against him <laughs> in an eating competition <laughs> this is how good these yeah the, the elites of the the elite are um, in 10 minutes he was able to eat 1.5 pounds of shrimp 
Sonia Thomas in the same time ate six point five pounds. <laughs> Bear in mind she weighs a hundred pounds. Randy Thomas uh, during his playing career weighed three hundred and seventeen pounds. <laughs> three times, three the, times the size. He's almost like he's the Kodiak bear to her Kobayashi, yeah. <laughs> and she absolutely just she ate six times as much food. <laughs> Talking about oysters and Sonia Thomas, she actually holds the world record uh, for the number of uh, oysters eaten in eight minutes, which is 47. Wow. So that's a lot of oysters. That's a lot of oysters. You'd think. (laughs) They probably slide down easier. Yeah, they're pretty small as well. Uh, But yeah. Um, that's another one we can put on the list of ones that we think we can beat we could probably beat that I think we should do we need to do some bonus content of us trying to break world records because, yeah, for Patreon yeah exactly <laughs> when we say that this is paid content um, but uh, I was just looking just then the world record for eating a raw onion mm. the world record is mm. 30 seconds Jesus Christ that's horrific it's rubbish that's, but so, it's, I could eat a raw onion and come on it's, I could a, eat it's a raw so disgusting yeah, yeah, but <laughs> okay, people, we'll, we'll get that on the Patreon some as well. People swear, you know, Miriam Margulies. Yeah, she's raw. She's raw. Uh, yeah, well, some fair enough. Okay, we'll do it. We'll we'll do it on the Patreon. I just think if you can eat an apple <laughs> in thirty seconds, yeah, you can eat a raw onion. I don't know. I think you, I think I can eat an apple in thirty seconds with life was trying. So I reckon a raw onion, but a more, raw onion is more disgusting. Yeah, it's but it's also like, nice. Being a salad or something, bit of raw onion, raw red onion. Yeah, but it's, like, it's a lot of onion. Like, there's no, lot. there's no other. It is a lot. There's no other flavours going on. Anyway, we'll try it. Anyway, uh, I'm just going to quickly touch on some of the what I personally think are the more disgusting feats. Um, so this is the, the list of the world records, and I'm going to pick out some of the, the the more interesting and more hideous ones. So Don Lerman is the world record holder for the most amount of butter eating in five minutes. Oh. He ate seven sticks of butter salted uh in five minutes which is horrendous wow um there's oleg uh Zornitsky, um who is the world record holder for eating four 32 ounce bowls of mayonnaise in eight minutes which is a lot, that is a lot yeah <laughs> um there's, I mean, this one actually isn't disgusting, but this gentleman, Gideon Oji, ate uh, 10 pounds, so that's like five kilos, basically, of baked beans in one minute and 45 seconds. Wow. Incredible. Um, I think Gideon Oji is one of the current young crop of... He's coming up, is he? He's a top tenner. Up and rising. Yeah. Uh, this one, a huge amount of respect for, actually, um, and relates to our Italy episode, Marcos... Owens ate 34 large cannoli in six minutes. Wow. Got to respect it. I do respect um, Another one that I really respect, again, with the Italy episode, uh, four pounds, about two kilos of tiramisu by Tim Eater X Janus. Wow. <laughs> Very Pick cool. Pick me up. <laughs> me up. Um, and finally, Richard the Locust Lefeuve ate... Uh, eight pounds of huevos rancheros in ten minutes. I like that. I love that I a lot. Like yeah. I was obviously I was reading about uh, Richard the Locust Lefort. <laughs> he got his nickname um, from his ability to just, I think, stay very still and feed on the same thing for <laughs> thirty minutes or more, like a locust. Like a locust. <laughs> um, Jesus. So the the world over, there are some, let's say, interesting mm. eating contests, as you can probably imagine. Yeah. One of the ones uh, which I came across is in Pattaya, which uh, for the uninitiated is a uh, sort of disgusting sex tourism resort in Thailand, on the Gulf yeah. of Thailand. Yeah. Um, there's a crocodile farm in Pattaya, mm. and they hold an eating contest where whoever can eat the most crocodile eggs wins 10,000 baht. How much is that in It's about English? $300 US, okay. then, yeah. to 50 quid. Um, there's also uh, this was in America. There's a there's a company of amusement parks called Six Flags. Yes, um, and they held a Halloween themed eating contest. I think to celebrate the opening of the Halloween ride or something, where um, people would get people would basically get a queue jumping ticket if they were willing to eat one live Madagascan cockroach. <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. And then Petter got involved, as you can imagine. Uh, yeah. He said, this is, this is cruel. Yeah. And they said, in response, it's no different from any of the other meat that we serve in our amusement parks, which <laughs> you could take as a terrible piece of uh, self-PR, self-owning yeah. PR. But then, as we were discussing in the uh, Food Taboos episode, maybe they have a point. Yeah. Because it's also it's a bit different, I think, eating a live cockroach, which... For fun as well. Like, fair enough if you're eating something for sustenance or for well, other I, reasons. But, but yeah, but I, think, I think, like, they're saying oh, it's the same as eating any of our other animals. I'd say that actually, I, I mean, I don't know. Mm. But I don't think that a cockroach being eaten alive is going to be going through the same complex emotions as, say, a dog would be. Or a pig. Or a pig. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. But I think... Um, there's something crass about doing it as like a oh for sure yeah uh, forcing someone to eat something they wouldn't normally choose to eat yeah just for a, a laugh basically yeah absolutely um, uh, especially just to jump a cure shit yeah <laughs> exactly um, th- my favourite however again in our friends the US of A uh, my favourite one is Iowa State Fair formerly held a erotic corn dog eating contest <laughs> where uh, competitors had to basically just eat a corn dog in the most erotic way possible and then it was judged by mm. i think spectators um and it was uh, it was organized by local radio personality steve round guy pilchin <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was banned in 2007 oh. by the you know Conservative <laughs> Iowan majority, I guess. Um, I think they should bring it back. I 100% agree with that. That sounds amazing. Um, there's also there's a slightly weird um, thing going on. So one of the things I noticed in, the, in research in this episode, a lot of these, the big names and smaller names, they, they have loads of subscribers on YouTube, loads yeah. of um, views and stuff on YouTube, massive thing on YouTube, <clears throat> which I get, you know, it's a very, it's a very visual thing, like watching someone eat loads of Big Macs, for example. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, there's also, there's a crossover in this world, weirdly, with ASMR. <laughs> God, so God. a lot of people do these videos, not necessarily the people who are winning these competitions, but like, um, and there's like, a big emphasis on the sound of the meeting and stuff. Mm. And there's, in particular, there's a Korean thing called mukbang. Mm. Heard about this? Um, cool. <laughs> which is basically means, uh, in itself, it's just uh, the phenomenon of people eating and filming it. Right. Um, it mean, it's also known as an eating show. But there, a lot of the people who do it, it'd be like, the video will be called like mukbang ASMR. And it's like so some some bloke eating like a massive platter of chicken wings and they've really turned up the you know, they mic themselves up and turned up the volume and Ooh. you just hear them go like, Oh well, I mean, I'm not gonna subject you to the noises, <laughs> but um, Ugh, gross. And I find again, I'm not I don't wanna whatever you're into, you're into. Mm. But um I don't get the whole ASMR thing. And no. I'm s i am i do not care what people say. There's definitely a sexual element. <laughs> yes, hundred <laughs> percent. But I certainly don't. Yeah, I don't understand the person who gets off on watching a bloke eat thirty-two Big Macs. It's really weird. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like, so it seems to maybe, but there's a theory that it came about as a result of. So t- traditionally, Korea has um, kind of, I guess, like Japanese food culture. It's based on healthy eating very much. And also on, there's a lot of etiquette surrounding food mm. in Korea. So there's this idea that this mukbang thing where people just absolutely gorge themselves on unhealthy food yeah. has come about as a kind of, um, uh, you know, reaction to, to that, those strictures of society. Uh, and it's obviously enabled by the internet. Yeah. So people yeah. aren't, they're not necessarily sitting at a table eating with their parents or whatever they're in their room or whatever and they can do what they want and then suddenly mm. they, what they want to do for whatever reason is <laughs> eat a hundred chicken wings and <laughs> make really loud mouth noises while they're doing it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But of course, competitive eating does have its darker side. Just a bit, mate. 
Um, we've already touched on some of the practices that the competitive, the greats go to, the lengths they go to in terms of training, filling themselves with vast, vast quantities of water to kind of artificially expand their stomach. Yeah. Um, and no real surprise, there's been a number of deaths associated with the sport. Mm-hmm. It's probably, thinking about it, there's, there's an average of one death a year in the competitive eating really? world, which probably makes it the most dangerous sport on the planet. Right. That I can think of. Yeah. I mean, like... How does it compare with, uh, like, uh, base jumping? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah. Like <laughs> that's not a sport, that's a hobby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's not a competitive element to it, I guess. That's it's just true, you do actually. it for fun. Yeah, true. Um, but, yeah, so... Obviously, the main real reason that people seem to die is because they choke to death. Yeah. Um, sadly. Um, and, yeah, pretty much... There's a long list of people who've died. So, yeah, uh, most recently, actually in February of this year, so just last month, um, a uh, 38-year-old woman died after choking during a pancake-eating competition. Um, The year before last, so 2021, um, a a student died after uh, partaking in a hot dog-eating competition. Um, and I mean the list goes on and on and on but one that really um, caught my interest let's say is there was uh, and every good story really starts with a Florida man um, (laughs) who entered the Midnight Madness bug eating competition um, presumably in Florida Uh, the the prize of which if you won it wasn't money, it wasn't fame, it was a pet python. Um, and given that it was called Midnight Magnus Bug-Eating bug Competition, uh, it was to basically eat as many cockroaches as possible. He uh, was covering his mouth with his hand to prevent the live bugs from crawling out, um, during which presumably they went the other direction live and... He choked to death. Um, uh, he was 32 years old when and he was taken to hospital um, and, yeah, pronounced death by choking on a cockroach wow. in pursuit of a python. I think eating live animals does have its... And again, we, we're talking about, like, doing things for the sake of being a bit transgressive or for the sake mm. of, like, you know, bit, being a bit weird can come back to bite you like there's a thing Literally. again in Korean exactly yeah in Korean um, and I think Japanese possibly cuisine um, there's this thing of eating live octopus mm, yes um, where I mean it happens it's, it's quite a common thing most of the time it's fine but they can like suck onto your because they're alive and obviously they're trying to resist being eaten alive they try and they their suckers can suck onto your Windpipe, your esophagus, yeah. and they can cause choking. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the health implications, obviously, even for those who don't uh, actually die in the midst of it, um, there are various things. Like we touched on Kobayashi's uh, jaw arthritis, mm. <laughs> um, and then there's been some studies on it. Of like, there, there was a study done where they had a competitive eater and a normal person both try and eat as many, I think it was hot dogs as possible, and they studied their bodies uh, while they were doing it. And they said that the guy, the competitive eater, his stomach was basically like, it was almost unrecognisable as an yeah. organ compared yeah. to the other guys. Like, it wasn't digesting any of the food. It was just filling up like a massive balloon, basically. Yeah. Kobayashi as well has talked about how, uh, because of that, they train their stomach to get bigger and bigger. Mm. It impacts their other organs get shifted around yeah. the body. Yeah. Except that, like it affects your breathing and stuff, as you can imagine. Yeah. But, um, and they're consuming like twenty thousand plus calories yeah. on a single. Like when uh, Joey Chestnut got the world record for the most amount of hot dogs in uh, twenty two thousand one. I think it's uh, two thousand twenty one. It's like seventy six hot dogs. That's like ten plus liters of pure food in his stomach yeah and the, the, you know the cat obviously as you said it pushes out all your organs but the calorie impact of, of digesting all of that yeah is is vast like really really terrible for you and there's also like a uh 
like you suddenly can rupture at a certain mm. point as well. But there was, I think, maybe more interesting. So, like, doctors kind of say about it, well, I mean, you know, obviously we don't recommend it, but basically every eating contest now is basically is like an experiment because mm. it's never been done on this scale before. Yeah. So they don't know really what's going to happen to these people yeah. long term because no one's ever really done it. And it? everyone's pushing for a new record, right, yeah, exactly. as with any sport, but, like, they're pushing and pushing for, you know, he's Joey's record of... Uh, 76 hot dogs like he's going to try and break that as yeah. are other people and it's just going beyond what is yeah well beyond what is humanly possible yeah well i read a uh, an interview with another another modern great of the game mm. guy called patrick deep dish bertolotti yes uh, bertoletti sorry and he um he well, <laughs> he said in this in this interview that uh he was asked about the stomach rupturing thing and he was like he said, well, if, if my son was going to rupture, it would have done already, which is probably true. Like, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but he, what he said, which I found maybe more interesting, was he said, he touched on this uh, the suggestion that basically these people have an eating disorder. Yeah. And he said, he agreed. And he said, his, his quote was, it's like controlled bulimia. It's bulimia where you get paid for it. It's me trading on an eating disorder for money. And um, so I was looking a bit more into the... Um, the psychology behind it there's a there's an article uh, on psychology today they describe it as socially sanctioned bulimia so they, do they vomit afterwards these like always well as I don't part, know about part always. of the course yeah i don't know about that uh. um i think uh, he again he touched on there was actually a bit where he says i think it was another interview that he says like he was asked about the effects of um eating because he ate hundreds of pickled jalapenos in one go mm. I think it was 240 or something. Um, and he said, he, he said, well, it's the effect of, I won't go into details because it's going to affect my marketability. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was awful. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there, there was another, there, there's kind of is another side to it. There, there are people who report um, having used competitive eating to help them with their eating disorders. Mm. So, there was a guy, Men's Health interviewed a guy called Eric Lamkin, competitive eater. He was a uh, he was anorexic as a teenager. When he got out of treatment, he said he knew he had to face his problems head on. He went to Man vs. Food alumni restaurant, I obviously the TV show. Right? Yeah. Um, restaurant called The Broken Yoke, where he ordered a 12-egg omelette, and he never looked back. <laughs> he said, I was blown away. I thought I'd feel all this guilt and all these voices hitting me. But instead, I thought, wow, I'm perfectly okay in this moment. I might gain a bit of weight, but I had the time of my life. And by the time he was 25, he had turned eating challenges into a positive experience with food. And it just goes to show that everyone approaches it differently. Mm. Interesting. I looked into it a little bit further. So there's a, um, <laughs> a scientific study was done in 2016... Uh, it's published in the journal Frontiers in Nutrition. It's by Brian Wansink and Kevin Kniffin. And um, they basically wanted to know how does the act of being in a competition mm. when spectators are watching, how does that affect the way that people eat? Right. So they did a control where... Um, it was so they, they had they had men and they had women. They were normal people, university students of a similar height and weight. Um, and in fact, they were volunteers who said they had an interest in competitive eating. So they were students, but they were you know they were people who liked their food sort of thing. Mm. Um, and they faced off this this group of well, they studied a group of men, group of women. Um, and then they did, so they did a control and then they did a competition where, so they, they told them it was a competition, um, but there wasn't anyone watching. And then they did a third experiment where they said, it, well, it was a competition and there were spectators. Mm. And um, in the control, as you, you might expect, probably, uh, so they were eating chicken wings. Um, the Basically, it just turned out the men on average ate a bit, a few more chicken wings than the women. Um, the same thing happened, same results in the, when they were told it was a competition. Um, but the difference was slightly higher between the men and the women. So, yeah. so this is where it comes in with 
and I found it so interesting this, particularly when you get to the results of their final um, experiment, where the old chestnut of fragile masculinity, <laughs> friend of the podcast, yeah. <laughs> comes in. Um, because in the third experiment, when they told them it's a competition and there are people watching, mm. and the amount of chicken wings consumed, so the amount of chicken wings consumed by the women in that um, uh, setting actually went down compared right. to when it was just a competition. Yeah. And it skyrocketed in the men. Of course. <laughs> so as soon as they were told there are people watching you do this, the men felt that d- decided that they had to they for had some to reason be, be seen be, to be, be stronger and better. Chicken yeah. wings. Um, and I guess the women just didn't really care. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing like fragile masculinity to make no. a man think he has to eat hundreds of chicken, <laughs> chicken wings for no good reason. <laughs> uh, so on that note, we should probably end, I think. Yep. Um, but thank you as ever for listening. Please do give us a review. A like. A like. A subscribe. Subscribe. A follow. Whatever it is on your platform. Eat 76 hot dogs in our honour. Please do. (laughs) Yeah, but please do be careful. (laughs) Um, Dunk before you eat. Yes. uh, And train your stomach. (laughs) In an appropriate manner. Um, And... Yeah. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.